Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular fan... F- <laughs> nope, nope. Keep it in. We are talking about popular fan fiction this week. <laughs> I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it in. I'm going to cut just okay. so that it, it goes into me saying franchises really weirdly. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> I'm still recording. Pop- I, don't, I don't know what we're doing. I'm still recording. <laughs> All right, cool. Talk about popular fan um, fiction. <laughs> Today, <laughs> Goku meets Doug gonna- Funny. I'm going to go ahead and, and set the table here that we have just discovered that we have 20 movies coming out this year. Not quite 20. May, maybe 20. A little more May, than. Maybe, maybe a little uh, a little spoiler uh, for some of the things we'd be interested in doing this year. But approximately 20 movies uh, coming out that we will we will then have to cover on this podcast. They're all coming out this year. And uh, our brains are a little broken. Uh, we're recording later than we expected because we are attempting to digest this uh, and figure out our plans. So... Uh, I don't know what kind of energy we're bringing here, but uh, I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Britton, and I'm also sick, among all other things. So, <laughs> really, what better way for the three of us to come in and discuss Black Panther, Wakanda yeah. Forever, a movie I already feel unqualified to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a year. We got a lot of big movies coming up. Um, I think Lego Predator is coming. I think uh, <laughs> the the Fede Alvarez version of Playmobil is happening. We got yeah. we got every movie this year. It's gonna be big. And Carnage. Oh, Ven- what's Venom three? <laughs> it's Venom three this year. Don't, no, Venom three. Do not you. will that into existence. Um, okay, I was gonna say, is Venom three this year? Lie to me. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We don't know who is showing up in Craven. Unfortunately, yeah, the only the only Sony Spider-Man universe movie that we're getting is Craven the Hunter. Uh, so we'll we'll be excited to get there. In the meantime, though, we are talking about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, A real. I don't movie. know if either of you have introduced yourself. I've already missed. I've already lost track of what we've done here. Uh, Alex, do say words about. Numbers. Yeah, do say words. I say I'll, say words good. You yeah. know, I will give it my best shot. Go on, make talk. <laughs> Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, directed by Ryan Coogler from 2022, has an 84% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 94% audience score. All right. Pretty respectable. Um, Britton, I know you need to get into the synopsis, but I did want to ask, because you weren't on the episode where we reviewed the first film, do you... Mm-hmm. Have you seen... Black Panther recently? Do you remember? Not recently. Uh, no, I saw it in theaters back when it was out. And I mean, I remember liking it. I remember the thing I kept saying, and maybe this is a little patting myself on the back, but I think the thing I kept saying was like, I could tell it was a movie that's not d- designed for my community, which is a good thing. Um, and I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it in what, five years now? Four years? Mm-hmm. So like, it's. Yeah, about five years now. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, I really would have to rewatch it to be able to have any kind of analytical thing to say about it. Um, but yeah, I remember liking it. And this one is 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 one that I did not, because y'all saw it together, I think, and I didn't. Yes. Uh, so, but I liked this one, too, well enough. So, good times. But, yeah, the uh, synopsis for Black Panther Wakanda Forever reads thus. Queen Ramonda, Shuri... M'Baku, Okoye, and the Dora Milaje fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. 
As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with Nakia and Everett Ross to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom. Kinda. Yeah. All those things happen. Yeah, mostly got it. Yeah. They left out the movie. (laughs) 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 Is kind of the thing. This movie is a lot, I think. Yes. It covers a lot of things. I, I don't even really know kind of where to begin in terms of where to yeah enter well, into discussion about it. Well, yeah, this um, movie had a lot to do, and and it's funny because right. I think Black Panther canonically, obviously, is the MCU, but culturally, it exists to me distinctly from the MCU that it has taken on a relevance in culture and society. And within the black community, that is bigger than than any. Like it is a very very important franchise unto itself. And so, and, uh, and, and then, I think, yeah. And so, on top of that, for this to be the follow up, not just what, what decisions are they going to make about T'Challa, but how are they going to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman? Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of things about this movie that aren't even really about like yes. movie making. <laughs> They're just there are these other more important things that. Or one of the reasons I was a little nervous to talk about it, because like, I, I was just like, that's so away, not away from me, but like, bigger than me. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think probably Chadwick Boseman um, passing and them having to figure out what they were doing with the story of the movie. That's probably the best place to dive into and just kind of get into that and, and talk about our, our thoughts and how they handled it. Um, the first time I watched it, I remembered being a little bit thrown off by how it was done because obviously they don't recast him. They do uh, kind of have a celebration um, and do sort of a funeral for him uh, or for the character in the movie. That is also very much there. There's a kind of really lovely shot of a uh, wall art mm-hmm. of, of uh, Bozeman as T'Challa uh, that, I, you know, I think both times is kind of, you know, given me goosebumps like yes. it's, it's it's really nice with the music and the way that it's going on um but i i feel like especially the first time around i found it a little jarring because i felt like the movie almost felt like it had to start that way mm-hmm. um and didn't i don't know it, it is it is weird to sit there and be trying to parse out i i think one of the big things the big problems that was not really a problem that the movie created, but just this one that it had to deal with is the fact that in universe, you've got T'Challa um, being snapped as part of the infinity saga, infinity war, um, and then coming back and then to have him pass in universe from another illness is like, that's already kind of weird to kind of put yourself in the headspace of the characters. And we're, we haven't really seen this part of the MCU in depth in a way right. since the events of Endgame to really understand, you know, what were things like for that intervening time period and right. like, you know, how, how are things going now? Like that, that timeline is a little bit odd and it, it kind of gives you a double beat of, you know, what's happening with the characters. But then of course you're also thinking about the entire time. Like they do want to celebrate Chadwick Boseman. And so like, I feel like it was a lot less natural than I expected it to, which is interesting because it is the thing that I really thought um, Rise of Skywalker should have done. Um, because uh, 
with inside of that movie kind of just piecing together what they had of uh, Carrie Fisher. I remember thinking, man, it would have been nice if they had just done kind of a celebration of her in the movie and had the characters, you know, paying their respects to her iconic character and, and through her being kind of a representation of um, the, you know, the actor and all they'd done for the, the franchise and like, and just for, you know, being someone that people really loved. It, it made me rethink that a little bit because it doesn't, it doesn't quite fit as smoothly, even though it's exactly what I would have expected them to do. I think on, on, for me on, on watching it, I was going through all these thoughts a little too much and like trying to figure out what exactly I was feeling. Um, and it was almost too distracting for me to just sit down and focus and appreciate the overall thing. I did feel like to jump to the end of the movie for a moment, I do think, especially on a rewatch, it does work for me both kind of in universe with the way that Shuri processes uh, T'Challa's death and as a celebration of the character to have the movie end again on a really like more somber, quiet, um, intimate kind of celebration reflection of him. Um, both of like Shuri remembering him, the um, credits are, uh, you know, all over the, this, this image that's kind of representing the, the burning of his uh, shroud. I forget exactly what the, in the cultural explanation for it was in in universe, but, um, and then obviously the post credit scene, which we'll get into, but like all of that this time around was like, Oh, well that's really feeling more powerful to me. And I almost feel like that's the intention of the movie is that like, it, it does start in this direction of like both feeling like it has to immediately address it and really get into the characters grieving over this as a way to, you know, kind of give the audience a chance to reflect on it. But then it, it really does have the goal of bringing that back full circle and letting you, you know, really sit with it in a way that's a little more easy to like grasp. And I think connect with it. So really complicated situation, the movie and situation. Um, <laughs> can I not remember the director's name aside from the fact that I'm very tired. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. There we go. Um, the it, really complicated situation for Coogler to be, you know, handed <laughs> and figure out what to do with this because he is piloting this massive multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar franchise and having to figure out how to make this an effective film while also wanting to pay homage to this actor. And like, it, it was, it, it was a lot up front for me to be trying to process personally. Um, and I'm not really sure. I haven't really gotten a good feel for how that was received overall by people. I don't know how you all uh, received it and I will, I will pass it to you. But like, I, I'm curious overall what people generally felt was more effective because I, I think there is, there's a lot to unpack there uh, just in that angle of the movie and that analysis of the movie. Yeah, I, I definitely, as far as how it works within the movie, I I'm, I'm not sure, but in terms of, I liked the way that they chose to just the answer of like, this is how T'Challa dies in the movie. Just mm -hmm. that answer. I liked because yeah. yeah. I feel like that was the right. Ba it, it didn't feel tasteless that they were mm -hmm. like, it is an undisclosed. It was an undisclosed illness. We don't need to go into detail because of the special circumstances. Audiences are going to go. Yep. He right. passes away off screen from an illness. He didn't have the the herb, the heart shaped herb that might have helped give him some some power to to heal. 
And that way, it, it's like the right balance of, if, if they had given him the exact same illness that Chadwick Boseman had, I think that would have been a little too, mm-hmm. maybe a little too on the nose. And obviously in something like Furious 7, that would have been very tasteless to have Paul Walker die in the same way he did yeah. in the real world. And and also like Furious 7 and Rise of Skywalker also had the tricky thing of like, oh, we're in shooting. Like, how do we do this? Right. Whereas this, they were, I think, still in pre-production. There was a little bit of... And with COVID, they had a little more room to, like, decide, oh, okay, we can start over. We can rearrange mm-hmm. to some degree. So I was I was okay with the, the method of T'Challa's passing because it, it, it felt like the right way to acknowledge the real-world event without exploiting it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, when they show the Marvel logo and it's all him, yeah, like, that's very powerful to me and, like, the the montage of Sherry remembering him at the end is very moving to me. Just that was the stuff I think that was the most resonant with me was just the images of Bozeman's face and just seeing him in the different movies and everything. I was like, yeah, that's, that's just, I don't know. That just worked on me. Um, Yeah. And I feel like the people I've talked to who've seen the movie all felt pretty good about, about that, the, the tribute element, but I haven't talked to like a ton of people about it because I hadn't seen it yet. (laughs) So, right. Yeah, I hate to be the the downer here. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit more resistant to how all of that is handled, um, mostly just because of in universe things. I mean, obviously, Ryan Coogler's kind of got his hands tied in terms of like what he's supposed to do with this given the circumstances. I was not convinced that recasting was not the way to go, or like I, I think that they should have probably done that. Um, Mostly just, like you said, Tyler, the double beat. And if you want to even go back even further to uh, the first Black Panther, there's the fake out death where Killmonger throws him off the waterfall and it's supposed to be for like a solid 15, 20 minutes is like, oh, is he dead? Um, And it's like every time we see him, there's like a fake out death or something. Um, But even further than that, I think this movie works better as a eulogy for Chadwick Boseman, the, the actor, than it does T'Challa, the character. One of the things that I really yeah. liked about the first Black Panther was the way that it ended and kind of where T'Challa's arc led him in terms of like, oh, Wakanda has been hidden away and isolationist for too long. We are going to open up and help the world. Like that's, he's got the big UN speech that is for some reason relegated to the, uh, uh, is it the mid credit scene? I can't yeah. remember. It should be the actual ending of the movie. Um, and then you get to this movie, and that seems to have just been a bad decision that he made, and we don't really explore that at all. Namor is just like, yeah, all, all the other countries are now looking for vibranium and exploiting this because of your brother's decision, and we don't... <laughs> it feels like we're kind of just saying... Oh, T'Challa made a horrible mistake at the end of the the first movie, but we're not talking about it, so it's easy to not think about it. I really, I I disagree because I feel like what the movie is really centering that around is the fact that because he passed, now all the other countries are suddenly like, oh, we can actually get in here. Like, it, it, it is a consequence of the fact that he made Wakanda public and more known to the world, but they're only kind of coming in and being kind of vultures looking for what they can get for their own personal countries out of this situation because he passes. 
I don't know that I, I, I feel like the movie is, is clear on that at least, but I agree that like, I want more, I want to know more about how I guess that was going and well, I'm just not clear about the timing of things because we, like sure. you said, we really don't know, like we don't know what happened to Wakanda between infinity war and yeah. Endgame. Like we, we have a little bit of a Koye like talking via hologram meetings, but not actually seeing what's going on. Um, so, and then you get to this movie and it's like, you could have convinced me that, this is like an alternate reality where Infinity War and Endgame didn't happen. And this is just a sequel to the first Black Panther movie. Um, I found all of that just really, really strange. And it, it felt very inconsistent. And I, 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 I'm not sure how I ultimately fall on all that because I, I, I do agree, Tyler. I think by the time you get to the end of the movie, like I really like how it just kind of gets quiet and we kind of mm-hmm. just are with Shuri as she finally um gets into the mourning period um because the whole movie she's had vengeance on her mind which i want to get into because that felt kind of forced to me um i don't think that's very well established and then you get scenes like when she goes into the um ancestral plane and she is like oh killmonger decided to talk to me and i don't the movie didn't sell me on why she wouldn't see her brother. I know why in the real world she's not seeing her brother, but the movie did not convince me that she would not see either her brother or her mother. Um, so yeah, I felt like I, I don't want to say it could have been handled better because like I said, very, very tough circumstances to deal with. But given that this is part of the MCU and I am always complaining about the connections between all these movies. Um, it didn't quite work for me on that level. Um, I think this kind of works better as a standalone piece than it does as a, a part of this franchise. So. I guess I should reiterate, I liked the movie. <laughs> I liked it a I lot. saved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, that, like, and that to me... I'm trying, I don't know where to take it because I, I don't want to immediately start dwelling on the things that I had concerns about in the movie, the things that kind of didn't quite work for me. But I feel like it's all kind of tied together because I think the other thing that threw me off a little is the fact that they do um, have Queen Ramonda die. And yes. that, it's for the service of, of Shuri's overall arc of like she does one vengeance i agree alex i think there's it's not 100 percent on i don't think that's entirely fleshed out um kind of through the course of the movie especially early on i think the foundation of that is not totally set in place and it's kind of it's not until really namor enters the picture that it's like okay now the arc is really about her wanting to kill Namor and then deciding not to that that's sort of what it ends up being. But earlier on, it's a little bit vague and kind of just that she's angry and she wants to, she she's upset at the world, but it's, it doesn't really connect the dots there as to why that's happening. You don't necessarily have to explain if a character is having a kind of an angry reaction to grieving, but I, I don't know that it is, 
sold in a way that makes me understand what really she's trying to do or, you know, what, what she's thinking about doing and how she's upset at the world uh, early on. Um, and then they do have Namor kill her mother. It, it's weird. I feel like it makes it really stark that it's like one of these characters uh, is no longer in the film because the actor actually passed away and we want to make sure that we're respecting that. But then we're also using another character death for kind of emotional stakes in the plot of the movie. And I feel like it makes the difference really stick out that they do it that way. Um, and that that kind of throws me off as, as well that that was kind of the, the choice they went with. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure that worked for me. And I think that's tied into, and I, I think all of that is kind of connected with how they, I like Shuri getting to see Killmonger on the ancestral plane. I think that's a cool scene and it's cool to bring him back. And I, I think that works really well for her arc of like, she has this thing throughout the movie of not really trusting, uh, what people are telling her about, you know, like, Oh, he's with the ancestors now. And we, you know, this is what we believe like she's kind of withdrawing into science and like does not really want to buy into the fact that uh this is what is actually happening on a spiritual level um and so i like the fact that she goes to the ancestral plane and still is kind of stonewalled and is not given what she's she's looking for and like her her faith is still challenged uh in the ancestors i think that's that's really interesting um, so I don't mind that so much, but I think overall her arc being smooth and again, having that like more artificial and almost manipulative character death in this movie. That's also wanting to celebrate somebody who actually passed away. I, that was really throwing me off a little that they, they went in that direction. Yeah. I wonder if Ramonda's death was part of, an earlier draft or an earlier like contract decision that they were like, well, yeah. we can't uh, like they were kind of walled into doing it. Well, so much of this does feel like, Oh, I totally see the version where Jack, Chadwick Boseman is still with us and yeah. Yeah. was starring in this. Like I could see it being like, all right, black Panther versus Namor and Namor being like, yeah, you decided to open up your borders. Now all this stuff has happened. Yeah. And so right. he's having to deal with the consequences of that. Like, I see that through line, but the fact that now we've got, we have to kind of, like, completely restructure and move things around, yeah. um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as natural as maybe it would have, which, I mean, how would it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I really like the performances. I mean, mm -hmm. I know Angela Bassett has her Oscar nomination. I don't know if it's quite oscar nomination worthy but i mean it is very good yeah um yeah i suspect that's a partially because the character dies just <laughs> frankly yeah. and partially because people have angela bassett and she doesn't have an oscar i think she only got one nomination aside from this so it's like it's a career oscar kind of thing yeah was it I for green lantern it was yeah for it, was, it was for green lantern <laughs> yeah weird that blake lively beat her for the win but <laughs> that's politics i'm gonna tell you about it <laughs> Um, still, <laughs> um, Zack Snyder's films have two Oscars. <laughs> that is true. That's canon. Wait, uh, which are, hold on. What, what are, which ones? Yeah, he got best movie moment. 
and uh, movie. What was it? The stupid audience award things they did. Oh, okay. okay so these so are like both movie of the year of like, or something. Okay. okay. We, yeah, it was like fan fan favorite wow. movie and uh, yeah. yeah. I guess well, technically that is probably on the Wikipedia page. So fair it's enough. It's on the Britpedia page. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> in, in red ink. Yeah. <laughs> circled. <laughs> sort of. Um, I would like to say I, I think Latita Wright does a absolutely stellar job, and it's mm-hmm. interesting because Shuri was mostly a comic relief character in the previous films, yeah. and the fact that she really has to step up and have some you know, several very, very heavy scenes and she handles it all great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the time she gets to actually getting the herb and becoming Black Panther, I'm like, yeah, I feel like at least with this part of her character arc, I feel like is, yeah. is very well done. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think it helps. And I'm she always, I'm sure had this in her, but that she had opportunities between Black Panther one and this to do like small acts and other stuff that like showcased her range. And I think Black Mirror... So we had, like, audiences had more chances to see her. And so theoretically, then the studio was like, oh, yeah, we can, Letitia Wright can handle this stuff. <laughs> like, she is a, a very good actor. Yeah, and I, I I, wish Winston Duke had more to do because... I was going to say, I feel like... Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch the first movie. I feel like he gets more to do in this one. Maybe. Maybe because, you know, he he now is, like, part of the, the people kind of trying mm-hmm. to figure out what to do um, without a, a defined leader. But I feel like he gets a lot to do, and I, I like the way he interacts with Shuri. I like that he's the one who kind of has the realization that killing Namor might actually be, like, a terrible political mm-hmm. blunder. Yeah. <laughs> like, just for the overall relationship with the nation, and, like, that could be a big issue. Yeah. I um, just... I, every time he was on screen, I was like, I want more of this, because I like Winston yes. Duke so much. <laughs> like, he's yes. so good. Yeah, it did get to a certain point where I'm like, can we just make... And Okoye and Baku spin off mm-hmm. and just have the two of them <laughs> pal around. I deny Guerrera is She's she great. is also quite good in this. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I think she definitely helps keep the movie light where it needs to be and so, just some of her dialogue delivery. When I, is, I was Yeah. I was kind of surprised because this movie adds two characters, one of whom mm-hmm. we'll definitely have to talk about. Well three. But Michaela Cole is in it and i from the at the beginning i was like oh she's gonna be like a major character and then she she does get her own suit at the end but like when everyone becomes iron man predators um, and a subplot involving uh sci-fi like knives or something but not even a subplot just like a scene or two and i was like that's michaela cole like give her stuff to do she's great (laughs) and then we got riri who i I, this is not a reflection on who the care on the character or the performance. I don't like the way she was implemented in the movie because to me, and I think this is me and not the movie. Riri is so clearly to me, the, the mulligan in the movie. And she's also the setup for the iron heart Disney plus show. Now right. every movie movies have mulligans all the time. And Marvel is always, all of their movies are trailers for another thing. Like that's just sure. part of the DNA. But partially because of my perspective of Black Panther being so distinct from the rest of the MCU, I kind of forgot that like, oh, right, it's going to also do MCU (laughs) stuff. So with Riri, I just kind of felt like, yeah, like the character is fine. The performance is good, but she's so just feels like a mulligan and a seed for the Disney Plus show that like it felt a little clumsier at times for her to be in there. And also the suit, some of the effects on that were a little cartoony. 
Well, I think part of the problem is she takes up like a pretty sizable portion of screen time and she doesn't really have much of a character arc. Well, and then she kind of disappears for a while. Sure. But like, I feel like in terms of just MCU stuff that has to be inserted into the movie to justify it being an MCU movie. I mean, I feel like the Martin Freeman, Julia Louis-Dreyfus stuff is perfectly, uh, you know, relevant to that. And you don't really need anything else. I mean, I... I was more nonplussed by Riri than anything mm-hmm. else. It was more just like, yeah, she's there. She's fine. There's, you know, she's got some fun banter with them, but yeah. I could easily see the version of this movie where she's just not in it. And it's probably yeah. better for it because this movie is too long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, I, and I, I just do. Think the character is, is again, I, 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 the character is just fine, but I think it's, I kept having to readjust my expectations. Like this is not just, the Black Panther story. This is still an MCU movie, which means it also has to remind the investors of the other revenue streams. <laughs> well, and this, I, I think the one thing that I do really like is that um, <clears throat> she is African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Nakia who goes to Haiti. Um, so, you know, you've got a, a Haitian community that she's in Um We'll talk about this, but spoilers, Black Panther has a son um, and he, you know, has a French accent. And like, I think that is really nice that they do have these prominent characters who are interacting with other black communities outside of Africa. Like, I think that is a cool thing to introduce in this movie. And I think that does go a long way in kind of expanding. One thing we haven't talked about that I'm going to use this as a launching point to get into my whole thing about Namor. Um, But the, uh, the movie does a ton of stuff with different languages. Um, I think there's probably like four or five languages spoken in the movie. Um, yeah, some. I think it's five. Uh, and that's really cool. And I think the way it uses that is really smart and effective. Um, so I, I like her in- inclusion of that and, and just kind of like continuing to explore what, you know, black communities are like in other areas. And yeah. like, the fact that it's connecting it to those or to that idea and, and kind of feeling more global in that way. Um, and I really like her character. I think she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Dominique Thorne. I think it's a, it's a really fun performance. Um, but my big thing with it that for me really worked is the fact that we're finally getting, <laughs> I shouldn't say my big thing because I do really appreciate the actual like culturally significant thing that I just said. <laughs> I don't want to say sure. that it's like, well, that's <laughs> cool and all, but this thing, no. Um, but something I really appreciated about it as just a, a comic nerd is the fact that we're finally getting to the point where the movies will just include the comics characters and we're not mm. making up there. Here, here's guy Pierce. He's a villain. Yeah. He's got, he does energy blast is his hands or something. Um, we're not doing the like, here's just a dude because we're too afraid to introduce characters. Like if there are so many cool characters in the comics that they haven't gotten to beta Ray bill is not in the MCU as of this moment, uh, nor has he been announced for any upcoming movies (laughs) at this time. Um, there's so many cool characters that I think the, the MCU really slow balled early on and maybe they needed to build up the credibility a little bit and build up like audience buy-in first. Although, of course, they did Guardians of the Galaxy, and that was kind of a kooky cast of characters. But, like, that's something where I've always, and we've talked about this in the past reviews of the MCU, I've always been bothered by how much they're reticent to really just make a character a character and right. not 
include some really obscure minor character who doesn't really do anything or have any cool powers or, you know, have a larger place in the, the comics universe. Um, I want to see them do more stuff like this where they just say, yeah, we're doing them. They're in here now. They're, they're, that's their character. We cast them. They can show up in the future if we want them to. Because yeah. um, you don't, like, once you introduce that sort of toy into the sandbox, then you can do whatever with them and you can bring them back and you don't have to necessarily reference them every project. But now they're there and they're cool when they come back. You can do more cool stuff with them. Um, and that's that's always been very annoying to me that they'll they'll create sort of nothing characters instead of just ones that would be cooler to see. Um, and that really leads me into um, uh, not Atlantis uh, and Namor because I think this is a completely fantastic uh, adaptation of Namor from the comics of, of Atlantis. What is, what's the name of Atlantis of, of Namor city in the movie? Do they give it a name? Yeah. To not... To not to, 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 something. <laughs> I'll cut this part out. What, they, they give... They, what's what's his, what his city? What is Atlantis called in Wakanda forever? <laughs> We're good podcasters. Oh, Telecon. Yes, Telecon. There we go. Um, updating that into something that's tied into ancient mind culture creating another kind of wakanda analog that is more warlike that is even more secretive and more isolated um having this guy who is kind of all-powerful and you know a, a really a god to them um and and showing you know how blindly they kind of follow him and worship him and just introducing all of those elements uh, is it, it's so cool. And, and the fact that they do all that and they still, they give him the wings on the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he flies is incredible. Yeah. The, yeah. the way they've adapted that where, because I mean, in the comics, a lot of the time it's just like, all right, well he's flying. Like he might have a leg kicked up. You don't necessarily get the actual movement of that. Um, but the way they do it in this, where he kind of pumps his legs and like, mm. when he kicks, he's actually like pushing himself off the air towards one direction. Um, there's a, a scene in Wakanda where he is just destroying a bunch of helicopters. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible. It's so good. I love Namor as a character from the comic. Um, creating the, uh, doing this sort of retcon of his name, mean, his I name like comes from um, yep. El Nino Sin Amor. <clears throat> mm-hmm excuse my terrible spanish pronunciation but you know the child without love and like splitting that off whereas his original name i think is literally just comes from roman backwards it's it's not (laughs) like any particular like insightful thing and so you've you've taken this character that's so like kind of just a guy who is uh you know the the default for creating a character with history tied to culture in comics and in a lot of western stories is greece or rome like i'll just do that um so taking him in and giving him such an interesting spin um and adapting him to this kind of different uh approach to what atlantis could be the myth of atlantis could be um it's so cool it works so well he's so perfect as a character character tina huerta 
um, does a great job. It's it's so good. Like <laughs> it makes me so happy. Um, and speaking of just introducing characters, they have um, oh I gotta look up their names now. I got I got so excited about them when they showed up, and then I don't <laughs> remember the names off the top of my head. But Namora, uh, Atuma, yes, Atuma is the one that I was forgetting. I know um, that because I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, Atuma's there, who is, I think, kind of an on-again, off-again, like, defector of Atlantis, who sometimes battles Namor in the comics. And um, it, I cannot remember if it's in Namora or Namorita. I always get them confused as to who they are and what that means. Uh, I want to say it's Namorita. Okay. That sounds right. Um, but uh, that, you know, she's also a prominent character and like, ends up doing a lot of uh she teams up with like nova <laughs> and other folks in the new warriors according um, to rotten tomatoes i am wrong it looks like it is namora okay maybe she's just a separate character then namorita's involved somehow she'll she'll probably get here eventually i don't know <laughs> um or maybe they'll just combine them um i'll look it up at some point before we end the podcast but point is they are just wholesale taking this cast of characters from uh, you know, kind of Namor's little area of the comics and bringing them in and doing them. Um, Atuma gets some fun fights. He gets to fight Okoye a couple times and go crazy. Um, I, they've got, you know, the fact that they all turn blue when they come out of the water. Uh, that's all neat. And they have their breathing tubes and stuff. And like the, all of them speaking Mayan is great. I think that's just really neat. Um, again, they, you know, there, there's a scene where Nakia goes to try and investigate where Namor could be and where she could find him. Yeah. And she speaks in Spanish to uh, one of the, the local women who's like, oh, yes, I'll tell you about him. Um, and like we get there's so many just blending of interesting blendings of culture in this movie. Um, and it, it's it. I don't know that it does all that much with it, aside from kind of the question of like, you know, do should we side with uh, these people and take out the rest of the world, or should we ally with them but not necessarily destroy everything? You know, like uh, aside from that kind of political, um, not intrigue but diplomacy, I guess. Um, I don't know that it does that much with him. It's just very cool to see it. It's very cool to see it done. It feels realistic. It makes these characters feel grounded, and it makes the world feel a little more, a little richer, and just more put together um i i really like everything that that introduces i think that's such a cool angle to take with the movie and again i think namor himself is still perfect so like it, it, it is all very nice he says imperious rex i don't think it makes any sense and i don't care <laughs> yeah i also didn't get that but i was happy about it <laughs> i was like yeah sure let's do this i really liked how the first couple of times they show up they're portrayed it's like horror sequences yes um, oh i love the way they silently surface out of the water it's so good yeah and then they've got like the hypnotic chanting that mm -hmm. calls people to, to jump oh, that's, that's so freaky just really creepy yeah the whole opening with um lake bell just shows up for <laughs> an known she was gonna scene. die she was in an ocean she has lake powers <laughs> out of her, literally out of her depth um <laughs> That whole scene is awesome, and I kind of think that they should have released that as like a ten minute marketing yeah maybe thing. Just like put that on YouTube and be like, "Black Panther's coming." Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? 
Yeah, I, like, uh, I, I think yeah. that because I, I back when we did Rise of Silver Surfer, I talked about how the the chase sequence and that was released as oh, yeah. the teaser, and that's like the coolest part of that movie. I feel like they could have replicated that here, except there's a lot of other cooler yeah. things in this movie because it's not Rise of the Silver Surfer, <laughs> <laughs> not Rise of the Silver Surfer, raves Alex. <laughs> I um also just want to make a quick note. I love the music in this movie. Mm-hmm. It is so good. I don't have the memory for the stuff that y'all do, but this is probably one of my favorite MCU scores. Like it just works so well from the, the chanting to the soundtrack stuff to just the music. I think it's just so effective, like start to finish. Um, I really, really like it. It's still Ludwig Gorenson, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was good be stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really interesting to me. That's a whole, when I think of that, I just think of the way that they tried to make, uh, avatar's music feel like cultural and different and ended up just making like western culture's idea of a right 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 like foreign a foreign music that still sounded good um and i I think he's he's from europe somewhere i feel like i you know he's not like his name sounds scandinavian yeah something like that but like yes he's swedish Um, okay but like it feels like he does a lot more work to try and make, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, pull in different ideas and you know create something that's that does actually sound really interesting, um, and it is very good. I also really I, like the costumes. Yes, I don't remember all the costume nominees for the Oscars, but I hope Ruth Carter wins this year because mm-hmm. those are good costumes. The movie, I think, you know, definitely it is not, um, it's not as as good looking on a TV screen as it was in the theaters. Um, but I think overall this holds up really well, which I was happy with because well, as, as the resident hater of Marvel visuals, um, this one actually stands a lot higher than yeah. the first black Panther. I think there's still some spotty visual effects, but I think overall yeah. just cinematography and like the way that action sequences are staged. I think it's a lot better, which is really wild. Cause I think after, or while we talked about love and love and thunder, we brought up like the, you know, how is this going to turn out? Because it seems like COVID did have a big impact and Marvel's had a lot of, um, <laughs> struggles with, uh, <laughs> PR, uh, scandals. <laughs> let's call them, <laughs> let's call them lightly with, uh, you know, visual effects studios and like how much work they're putting on them and like how they're actually approaching these things in a way that's kind of responsible and is, is going to result in, in something that a looks good and B is, uh, you know, treating the people who they're trying to get to make the effects humanely. Like I, I think that, uh, stop testing those visual effects on animals. Correct. Um, <laughs> I think all things considered it's, it's really surprising that this turned out so well. Um, and I'd probably put a lot of that on on Coogler. Uh, sure, this feels like he took a step up in terms of Black Panther was getting uh, the rust, not the rust, but the um, uh, I, I guess kind of figuring out how to work with uh, a movie that has a budget this big and has that many effects and how to make that look good and kind of not lean on them too much. Um, this feels like a, there's definitely some lessons learned. The entire final duel with um shuri and namor i think that looks quite nice and has like it feels pretty grounded um there there's obviously a lot of crazy cartoony suit fighting going on nearby but that element i think looks quite nice i kind of wish we had just stuck with that 
that fight because I, mm-hmm. I maybe it's just because there's a weird double beat with action set pieces in that last yes. third because Wakanda gets attacked and Ramonda gets killed. And then Shuri has her moment of, of going to the ancestral plane and, and talking to Killmonger and she becomes Black Panther. And then we have the big fight on a a, a, a big old boat that just has a flat platform at the top. Yes. And it's I, it's a very weird set piece to end the movie <laughs> on. Um, I get it. Like, in context, it makes sense as to why they're doing it. It's just not... Given all, like how good the movie looks that's just like not a super visually interesting set piece to me um and especially when you cut to the shuri namor fight which i think is far more interesting um it's kind of like just just stick with that please (laughs) i don't i don't need another scene of just a bunch of people just like hitting spears at each other on on this flat platform (laughs) i think oh go ahead i was gonna say i like that amidst all of the I like that they showed our heroes saving people. <laughs> like Okoye yeah. saves a little kid. Uh, Mbaku goes to save some folks. Like I like, I like whenever they do that. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah. there's this. We're being attacked, but also let's go and save uh, our civilians. Well, it, it's real neat that that that's just an interesting character beat for Mbaku. Yeah. In particular, because we've never seen him in that sort of situation, but the fact that he is literally the first one that dives in to go yeah, in and yeah. save people, it's like, oh. That tells me a lot about him that I didn't necessarily know before. All right. You don't need to dwell on it. That's just a cool character moment. I was also so relieved. He has a line where he's like, do you think because we live in the mountains, we don't have access to books? That line seemed <laughs> yeah. to stretch on forever because I was like, he's going to say the internet. He's going to say Wikipedia. He's going to say in TikTok. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know where this is though. going. You know, that Marvel humor that ruined the Game of Thrones season two episode. <laughs> um. I, they're gonna do it, and then he said books, and I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> that's a good joke." <laughs> yeah, um, but I agree. yeah, I also uh, every time I saw Winston Duke with that cool like war mace thing he had, I was like, "He doesn't even need it. He's like the size of a building. <laughs> this is a huge man. It's amazing." That- that bit where Atuma like punches him right in the chest and oh, it's a yeah. slow motion shot, seeing his chest piece just break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> in a theater that was like really, really that 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 I'm hit sure. hard. There's a shot in the movie Us, which uh I love very much, where it, he it's just like Winston Duke just chilling, sitting on a bed, but he takes up like the entire bed. <laughs> and I was like, Did Gareth Evans shoot this? This is incredible. <laughs> he's Gareth a, Edwards. He's a, He's a big, he's a big man, a big guy, and a good actor, and I like him. But anyway, I, I did like the moment at the end where they're supposedly having the big challenge of who's yeah. going to be the next Black Panther, and he just walks out and he's like, "I'm doing this." <laughs> yes, very good. Which I guess. Yeah. So is he is he fighting to just be king? Yes. At that point, I think or is he also fighting for? Because I. This is something that, that's kind of confused me, because I know back when T'Challa's father was alive, he was still king, but T'Challa had taken over as Black Panther, so they're not... Had he by that point? I think within Civil War, because he's or already... Or maybe not, because... The... Well, because after his huh. father dies, he then takes the ring, and then we see him suit up after that. So I guess yeah. maybe not. Mm. I don't know. Or does he chase down 
Winter Soldier from... That's after no. his father dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be the implication. I don't know if that's supposed to be that then Black Panther like takes place partially during that. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's part of the thing is that the, the roles have been tied up to now, but they don't actually have to be. That's what I, I think the idea is that... Because just thinking back to Black Panther and how that plays out, he challenges to be king, and the king's right is to get the Black Panther... Does Because does he take the... Does he ingest the flower before the fight and then he does something to take away his powers during the fight with M'Baku in the first Black Panther? I think or that's d- the case. He has to drink something that removes okay. the powers okay. and then he takes it again after he's won. Which I mean, I guess that means he's taken it before Civil War. So maybe he has taken over Black Panther. I don't know. I think I think the it's idea is basically I think the idea is basically that like the Black Panther is sort of a hereditary like you get the the right you know by being the next person in line to be the Black Panther whereas the king is actually uh <laughs> pseudo democratic a a sure. battle <laughs> what do you what do you call a something that's won by fighting for it um, <laughs> love yeah <laughs> uh but I think that is the idea is that so then you know, Mbaku's not fighting to be a new Black Panther, but he is fighting to uh, just be king in general. So. It's pretty neat. I like it. Um, also, Namora is Namor's cousin, and she has a clone daughter created for herself because she was unable to have children, and that clone daughter is named Namorita. Okay. So, there we answers. go. Yes. I assume when the new Warriors movie makes a billion dollars, we'll all be loving uh, <laughs> Zendaya's portrayal of Namorita. I don't know. And then the Namorita's <laughs> daughter, Mirabelle. <laughs> one thing I did want to bring up about Namor, and I think one reason he kind of stacks up against a lot of the other Marvel villains is that we actually see his backstory yeah. and we get the movie is allowed the time to breathe and present to us how he got mm-hmm. to where he's gotten. Um, and it's compelling I, and not boring. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, well, I think all that stuff with his mother in particular is, is mm-hmm. very, very yeah. powerful. And yeah, that, that, that element had me hooked. Um, Him as feel- a kid, like floating in front of the oh, burning man. plantation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I love that we don't see visuals. it happen. I love I mean, that we mm-hmm. just, yeah. Just the images of, of his mom underwater giving yeah. birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of just, shots in this movie of like that and the whales where I was like, oh, James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, meanwhile, over in theater two. <laughs> but anyway, but, but I, no, I agree. It was lovely. Yeah, and I feel like just a lot of other Marvel movies, they're they just they have the bad guy. They just yeah. have the bad guy because these movies are supposed to have bad guys. And this one actually feels like no, but that you need a reason to care. Yeah. Well, it was like with Killmonger, it's ideologies and context. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and even like Michael Keaton in Homecoming, we have kind of the the opening is a flashback scene right. showing how he's been wronged and why he wants revenge on Tony Stark. And you know, with Thanos, it's yeah. The it's previous Thanos. movies leading up to Infinity War are muddy, but once we get there, you know, it's not necessarily there is the flashback with Young Gamora, but we do get ample time to understand why he's yeah. doing what he's doing. Um, I don't know, just like 
actually place some importance on your your villains or your antagonists mm. when you're trying to tell a story instead of just oh i guess we have to check off that box don't we yeah and we'll throw lee pace in there why not well fortunately yeah. when venom shows up we'll have had two movies to learn to care about him mm-hmm mm-hmm what are you talking about three he he had a he had a a, a wonderful role and a super important role in no way home oh, i mean it was right. just it was integral to that story correct that was the most I've ever liked Venom. That iteration of Venom was when he was the butt of a joke in an after credit scene, and then he was gone from my life. <laughs> uh, for a little while. For a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, no, I, I do a podcast where we talk about this. <laughs> Alex, are you sure you're not just making fun of Venom because you like him pulling on his hair? Yeah, pulling oh, on his tendrils. If, if only it were so simple. <laughs> Yanking on his tongue. <laughs> um but i want to i think the 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 villain point is exactly kind of what i was talking about of introducing characters and really just saying we want to go for the actual cool characters and not put somebody in front to be fodder to get beaten up tyler Um, i have to correct you guy pierce was breathing fire it wasn't stuff coming out of okay well excuse you yeah Mm, you're excused uh (laughs) what i'm excited about is that we've got namor um you know we should get dr doom hereabouts as we get fantastic four rolling um i think there's rumblings that he might show up for some secret war shenanigans we've got kang going around doing kang stuff and like these are the characters who they are characters they're not just villains they're not just like okay well this is the guy that we're going to use to show up and he's going to fight the hero for this arc these are like these are characters who get their own runs of comics just seeing what their deal is because they're really interesting. Um, so I think we're, we're turning a corner in that regard and that makes me quite happy. Um, Namor is kind of, you know, an anti-hero anyway. It goes, it goes back and forth. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where they go with him. Um, I really hope somewhere down the line, we get like a lot of area under doom interacting with these three or the, those three countries kind of interacting and, and conflicting. I think that would be, quite neat and i'm very excited to see what they do if they get there um mm, hacktivist doom that's my vote <laughs> sure <laughs> dr d zero zero m oh that movie was bad <laughs> it's gonna, the movie's gonna be called fantastic four dot html be great though <laughs> no they should they should and it'll they be should like call it, uh, <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like an old timey. If they want to do like a period piece, they yeah. should they should call it like Fantastic Four dot uh, MS DOS. disc. MS DOS. There we go. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, I did want to circle back to Shuri's character arc. Uh, just m- maybe you guys can help me with this. Because Who is Shuri? I, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I mean sorry. that is the question at the Characters. heart of this movie. <laughs> Um, now so an arc it, that's like the arc reactor you're talking about the arc reactor from Iron Man yeah yeah how okay. did he fit all those animals in his chest <laughs> I never, I never, that never made sense to me <laughs> I was sitting in the theater to Iron Man 3 going I, guys there's still one thing I don't get <laughs> so, 
Britain, Sorry. I can't tell if that's the best joke you've ever told or maybe the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm biased. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Shuri's no, But yes, proceed. Shuri has shrapnel in her chest. <laughs> um, so Shuri obviously is very bitter about her brother dying and the fact that she wasn't able to help him. And I, I get all that. Um, and why she resists mourning his death. Um, and the scene with Ramonda right before they, mm-hmm. they meet Namor where Ramonda's like, here's the process for how we mourn and it's a ceremony we have. And Shuri's just like, nope, not doing it. This this is too real for me. I can't handle it. Um, and I really like that a lot. But she says, I want to see the world burn. Yeah. And I I don't know where that comes from. To me, Particularly I feel like... after Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Where literally she was part, she was in the fight to save the world. Yeah, like I mean, the I think the idea is that she's, you know, so angry that this can happen, and that like, you know, even after all of what we've accomplished, right? Like that, you know, it's not so much like the world did anything necessarily, other than like it's still here and he is not, and it's not fair, like. I think that's the implication. I do think it sort of skips uh, a beat or a or a step because she goes to talk with Namor and Namor's kind of like, hey, join me. Let's go kill everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. This will be fun. You, you know, I, I heard you on the beach. Like, that'll this will be a good time. Um, and she's not really ever interested in that. She's like, no, we need to settle this peacefully and chill. Like, let's not do that. Um so I don't know what, again, it ultimately ends on she almost kills Namor, but doesn't. But up to that point, I don't, I don't know exactly where her head's supposed to be at and, you know, what exactly she's angry at and what exactly she's, unless that is just sort of a, a throwaway line that gets caught by Namor and the idea is that he took it too literally. I like it, it is a little weird and doesn't, there, there's like a a step that doesn't quite connect somewhere yeah. in there about th- what exactly her motivation is for kind of the first half of the movie. And I think the the way that you both have kind of fleshed that out makes sense to me. Um, I just need it to be in the movie, and I need it doesn't even have to be her that's saying it. It could be Ramonda responding to what she said. You know, just it needs to be established in the movie, and it's just not. Um, and to have that be kind of where her character arc starts from. Um, is just weird. It feel it, it does feel a little bit like that scene has been cut down for time, and I don't know if that's the case, but that it does feel that way. Um, also, I can't remember if it was like this when we saw it in the theater. And Tyler, I know you've complained about the the black levels on your TV before. Um, some of the scenes set at night looked very very dim. Mm-hmm. Britain was. Did you have that experience? Did it, did any of the did any of it seem like it was just kind of hard to make out what was going on? No, um, okay. I was also watching it in like morning or the middle of the day, um, and sometimes the way the sun comes through my window, which normally wakes me up, along with the bluebirds, sure, that <laughs> kind of washes out my screen sometimes. But that's that's not the movie or the TV. That's just you know. No, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Okay, Tyler, I blame your TV. That's probably true. <laughs> um. Season eight was great. It wasn't dark at all. 
I need to get a new one because this one doesn't have HBO Max. I think, as for some reason, you can't like add it. You can't add the app. No, it's got all the other ones. I get, I get Peacock. Huh. Probably get Tubi if I yeah. tried. Just doesn't have HBO Hoopla. Max. I could probably get Hoopla. I'd have yeah. to look. Yeah. You got Hulu. What about Stars? I'm not sure if that exists. I think it does have Stars. Okay. But I could get stars through Amazon Prime Video. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, just like I could get, oh, I don't know, like Epics. Is that still Epics a thing? Epics is one. Acorn TV. Or IFC. LeapFrog. Um, the PBS. Criterion Channel. Filmstruck doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Don't mm-hmm. think so. What? My point but, is there, there's one you don't have to worry about. But, <laughs> you know, that probably would be on there. <laughs> yeah, HBO it would Max still exist. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. the the Dane Cook Golf Network, um, <laughs> Chubby Fudge's Cooking Lab, like right. all kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna get Tyler a new TV. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> we are manning the phones. Please. <laughs> Standing by. Help me get HBO Max on my TV, even though I have a perfectly fine solution otherwise look, using a video game console. Look, everyone, if nothing else, you'll you'll want to give us money to get Tyler a, a better TV for this reason. If you can rewatch season eight, discover that, yes, the battle at Winterfell is that dark and his, mm-hmm. his mind will be changed. He'll It will be an epiphany. He'll go, it was bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> if TV. you... Do raise money for me to get a TV. I will put it towards the Steam Deck so I can play Elden Ring on my couch uh, without the TV being on. Yeah. So that actually that won't too. But I would like that to happen. So you know, like, let's let's just send some money our way. It'll go to a good cause. I don't remember what the initial. This is about Shuri's character arc. <laughs> It's I think much, much and then like it came about whether or not Tyler's little, gonna get to watch Party Down or whatever. Much like this conversation, it's a little hard to follow. Yeah. Um. Fair. Um, this is the most of like Julia Louis Dreyfus in this universe, mm-hmm. and I know she's had very minimal screen time thus far, but it actually felt like she was just a character and not like a walking meme, which is kind of how I felt in in her other appearances. Um. And I really like how she played off of Martin Freeman. Like, yeah, I, I kind of wish they had a bit more to do. Maybe I, I get why they have minimal screen time, yeah. but I thought that stuff was actually interesting. Yeah, Martin. And I, yeah, he's he's really fun in this. Um, I do really think that uh, Alex, to your point about like, is the third act really? We we kind of have halfway through the movie, uh, the attack on wakanda which looks really cool they're using water bombs they, they, yeah. the uh talican people have water bombs and it's great it's super cool yeah. there's a cool shot where they blow up uh ironheart's car uh and knock them all out on the bridge it, yeah. it, it looks really cool um and that's the attack where you get namor kicking butt and taking names uh and it's fantastic uh and then he does uh kill queen ramonda and so then that like that sets up sort of the the Nadir and uh, Shuri going through her darkest moment and seeing Killmonger, but then she does actually figure out the 
the flower because she has the I really like the connection between Namor and the uh Black Panther flower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you call it. Um where they're both coming from vibranium and that being kind of a potential source of mutation. Uh, I think that's a neat and interesting idea. Um and which I guess also Namor is confirmed to be a mutant in this. He says the name, he says the term mutant, and I think that's just how they're going to do it for the time being. Is just if the character says they're a mutant, they're a mutant. <laughs> um, but uh, the that connection is really neat, and that's how Shuri figures out how to recreate the flower, and she's able to get the powers. And then we go into the third act where there is the big battle on the boat, and the boat gets blown up, and there's a lot of back and forth there, and there's some different things happening. I do agree, I think. That is too... I really... Like, in the theaters, I remember watching them attack Wakanda being like, this feels a little early, but I guess we're getting into the third act. Like, cool. Uh, (laughs) It turns out there's quite a bit longer to go. Um, I think that probably could be cut down to Shuri tracking down Namor. And that's just how it goes. Um, I kind of wish it was more just like that and that there maybe was a little bit more time for other stuff to breathe or just the, it would help the pacing of the movie overall to shrink that back down. I wish the, I really think the, the attack on Wakanda could just be like an extra 10 minutes. Cause I think it's all really cool as they're trying to like fight and save each other. Um, and that could just be the big set piece. And then maybe you have that duel happen um, between Shuri and Namor, which I think is really good. Uh, the way it's done, they capture him in the, the ship that has kind of excessive heating to dry him out. And uh, they are fighting on a beach that's dry and he's trying to get back to the water and she blows him up with the fire. And then she almost murders him, but she thinks about all the people she's seen both in Wakanda and in Telokin. And it's, it's really well done. That part is, but I do think the ship ends up being kind of superfluous uh, to everything that's going on there. Um, You get the nice moment of both of them showing up, and being like, the battle's over. It's fine. We're friends now. Go home. Uh, Guys, you worked it out. That's that's fun and triumphant. Um, but I do think... And I think that would play a little better if she was kind of going off rogue uh, to, to fight him. Where, while the Wakandans are still kind of like, ah, what do we do with this guy? Um, that, that might track a little bit more with her character in the movie. Where her head's at. So I don't know. I, I think it, there's some pacing stuff there. And again, there's all the stuff with the how they tribute Chadwick Boseman to unpack. Um, but the thing we haven't really talked about is the mid credit scene where they introduce that he does have a son um, who is also... Uh, he, he. I think both times the son has said... Um, or sure, he asks him, like, what's your true name? And he's like, I'm... Uh, to, or Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa, and both times I think it's maybe tear up, like it's chills. Like I, I love that. I think that's really, really sweet. Um, that's a cute kid too. <laughs> he's, he's a very, a very cute, cute kid. kid. He, he does a good job. Yeah. Um, he genuinely and, looks like Chadwick Boseman. Yes. So, like he could be his kid. Yes. <laughs> um, it's really nice. It's a really nice moment. Um, and that kind of I think the movie ends with Shuri kind of looking out. Uh, into the distance and sort of tearing up and you know kind she of going you can, beautifully yes she's kind of going through a realization of life goes on <laughs> i think and uh you know there, there's still hope out there 
it's really nice. I think that's a great visual to kind of leave us on for the movie. Um, and again, ending on a reflection that is really powerful about both the character and Chadwick Boseman. So, oh no, big, completely big fan of the emotions in the film. And I like that that was the last post-credit scene. They're not like, yes. Also, Bucky's there. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, like, here is Doctor Doom. Yeah, it's like this is what. This is where we're going to end this. All right. It would have been wild if after that they were like, all right. So Sabretooth is in Reno. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It's it's just him. He's standing over somebody he's murdered in a, yeah. in a back alley in a near near a Vegas casino. He's like, "There's <laughs> only one cat in town," yeah. and he's like, "It's gonna be saber tooth." <laughs> no, Mor- Morbius and Vulture like walk in, yeah, and they're like, yeah, "We yeah. want you to join our team," and saber tooth <laughs> just murders them both, <laughs> just tears yeah. them. And limb he says, from it's, limb. "He says it's clobbering time," and it's great. <laughs> Yes. Oh lord. I think what they should really do uh is is continue on this because we don't they haven't announced when Eternal 2 Eternals 2 is going to happen although apparently it is or maybe there's a Disney Plus show. I don't know. I think Give they should more. really they should really just do this the ongoing adventures of Harry Styles as a back issues kind of thing. Or not a back issues, that's not the right word for it. A um backup story mm-hmm. uh that we just get you know an extra 2 minutes of every Marvel movie. At the very end of the credits, <laughs> we just continue on from there. I'm like, all right, what are they up to now? It's 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 a boyhood situation where every once every year, Chloe Zhao comes back with the cast from Eternals, <laughs> and it's like we're doing like ten minutes. <laughs> like, come back. Yeah. Like, oh well, this one's going into Spider Man Four. <laughs> you know? Yes. I think it would be good. Yeah, I don't love be, that we just thought fun. about Harry Styles and Boyhood together, but we did. <laughs> something just we just invoked something that. just feels uncomfortable about it. <laughs> and it's it can always, only be found on our podcast, Here Come the Sequels. That's right. That's correct. It's always right now. <laughs> I give Black Panther Wakanda forever an A minus. If you have more things to say about it, say more things about it. But that's what I'm giving it. <laughs> I think it is very good, a little bit finicky in places but overall kind of it 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 hits so many of the right things for me that it wins me over i'm gonna go b i think i think a lot of it works i definitely think that i would benefit from rewatching it in in future okay you want to play rough (laughs) (laughs) um i am going to give it a b minus um and i think i get I was looking back at my score. I gave the first one a B. Um, I think ultimately it's kind of different strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I think this movie looks better overall and some of the action set pieces are better overall. Um, but I think the first one has a stronger story. And like I said, I wasn't, I'm still not sold on just killing off T'Challa, the character and recasting him. Um, I, I understand why they did it. I just don't know if that was the best call. Um, but as a as a eulogy to Chadwick Boseman, I think this works quite well. Um, so in those terms, it's it's good. And like I said, I think more of my problems have to do with MCU connections than sure. 
the film in and of itself. So I liked it. And I don't know what Ryan Coogler's next movie is going to be, but I will definitely be excited to watch it. Hopefully Secret Wars. Or Sabretooth. Or (laughs) Sabretooth. (laughs) It's going to be toothy. (laughs) It's going to be tooth. Vin Diesel will be great. No, yeah. No, no, no. I want to bring back Leah Schreiber just so he has to say that dialogue. That I, I think you're right. Ray Donovan <laughs> himself. It. Yeah. Ah, oh, Ray. Um, <laughs> yes. Tom. I, was, I guess I was gonna try and figure out where we usually go with the podcast after this. Um, it's recommendations. I was gonna say, like Malta, Cyprus. Ah. Nice in the Mediterranean. Yeah, that'd be nice sun yeah but oh. uh, i guess it is easier just to talk about our recommendations um <laughs> okay and i try to wipe the zinc off my nose <laughs> take off my big floppy fast. hat um i uh i think my right now i am caught up on last of us and poker face uh the ryan johnson show i think both are fantastic both uh poker face it's a show that I could see bouncing off people bouncing off of more easily because it is more specific in terms of what it's going for. Um, but it is, it gives me a lot of twin peaks vibes. It's, it's very like small town America. Uh, Natasha Leone is great tracking down murders and being kooky and fun. And like, it's just completely delightful. Um, and I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan of that. Um, but I think last of us is probably my like, I've talked about this as other shows have been coming out of the past few months of saying, well, you know, it's going good so far, but I, I want to wait and see. I'll, I'll pause until I feel like, see how I feel about the whole season um, before I give it a kind of full recommendation. Um, Last of Us is completely amazing. And I think in a way that uh, it's not, it's not going to disappoint me <laughs> into the season. I can already tell. Um, I think what's really sticking out to me about it is that uh, I going into it, I was excited because uh, Craig Mazin, Mazin, um, you know, I knew he'd done Chernobyl. I did not realize he'd also done like the Hangover movies. Oh wow! <laughs> some other some other random like scary movie stuff. Interesting. Like he's he did some comedy stuff, and then I don't know how we got Chernobyl, but he did, and then everyone's so, like, "Yes, so, the Chernobyl guy." So you're telling me that this guy worked with Todd Phillips on the Hangover movies, and at that point their paths diverged. One of them went <laughs> and did Chernobyl, and the other did Joker. <laughs> I believe so. And which was the bigger meltdown? <laughs> Uh, I would like to state for the record that I still like Joker. It's fine. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, I tried to look up... I don't know why I looked up Chernobyl and not Craig Mazin to confirm this and make sure I'm not, like, totally crazy. And I searched Chernobyl and saw frequently asked Chernobyl facts. (laughs) So that was uh, interesting. I'm going to confirm this real quick and just... Yeah, he did... He wrote... Or was a writer, at least, on Hangover... Specifically Hangover Part 2 and Hangover Part 3. Um, and also the Huntsman Winter's War. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but then, but then Britain, he just that's why add that, add that's that why to our so list grounded. of add that to our list of duologies. The Huntsman. He directed superhero movie. Oh, okay. 
Oh, what in no. the world? I guess we need to do it for the podcast. Um, no. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Drake Bell. <laughs> but Chernobyl was fantastic. I kind of figured Last of Us would also be very good. Um, I think what I was expecting was, okay, this is going to be a cool adaptation. I'm excited about Pedro Pascal. I'm expi- excited about Bella Ramsey. It's going to look great. Just knowing the creator, the tension's probably going to be really good. The atmosphere is going to be really good. Um, it's going to have a really good sense of pace and, and storytelling and kind of, you know, really draw you in um, and and just like kind of go through the story of the game and just be a really cool retelling of it. I figured that's what we were in for. Um, what I did not realize that I should have probably predicted is that it is so much wider in scope than that. And it really is exploring how the world was before the pandemic that affects the last of us world happened. Um, it's exploring how people reacted to this and how they live their lives kind of outside of this. Um, and is, is just such like, it makes so much sense that, uh, they would go this route considering that Chernobyl is about sort of, it's about the meltdown, but it's also a kind of breakdown of how governments fail, uh, you know, to prevent terrible disasters and things like that. Um, and, and how, you know, people in power can totally be incompetent and, and I guess last of us is not so much about that, but last of us is exploring a lot of ideas of how this would actually go down and you know kind of how this would unfold even as it is centering on you know the main story of the video game um and i don't know that i've seen many adaptations that are so effectively just transformed into a different medium because i think the video game draws you into um ellie and (laughs) i'm so tired Joel. (laughs) joel there we go my brain is frying um, it draws you into Ellie and Joel so much more than you could possibly get into them in any other medium because you're playing as them, you're yeah. following them, you're trying to keep them alive, you're getting murdered by zombies over and over again until you get past them. Like you, you be, you live in those characters a lot more, um, and the games are so immersive that it's really hard to replicate something like that. And so the show, I think, very smartly says we probably can't really compete with that, or it doesn't. It's not really sensible to compete with that because at best we'll match it and. You know, it's like, what? A, okay, cool. We just, we did a thing you can already see pretty clearly in the game. And now you can see it in a TV show without holding a controller. Neat. Like, the, I think very smartly they realized we can take this in a different direction. We can expand it. We can do a ton of world building um, to just draw a lot more, like, heart out of everything else around them. Um, and I, I am, I'm totally loving it. I think it's really fascinating. It's, it's a masterpiece of adaptation. Um, you know, I think the only way it would fall off a cliff is in the eyes of people who would already be upset that they did an episode centered on uh, a gay couple sure. in the apocalypse. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, I don't think, I think any choices they make that will be controversial in that regard would be the only things that are going to kick up around this as it continues on to the end of the first season and on into the second season. I, I think the actual story is and the way they're doing it is so, so good. And I am a big fan and I'm excited that we get six more weeks of it. Yeah. I'm really excited to, I haven't watched the fourth episode, but I'm, I might do that tonight. I'm excited to catch it. Have they said, I may have asked this before. Have they said if the first season kind of, if it's just like the first season 
is the first that's, game and the second season would be the second game. That's basically what they said. I, okay. I suspect kind of based on some of the uh, coming soon or, or soon to come on The Last of Us, like the season, full season trailers. Um, I think they might pull in some stuff from the, the second game earlier towards the end of this one. But yeah, it is supposed to be the story of the first season is the story of the first game. Wait to see the audience reaction to season two. I I like the second game. I think I did recommend the accessibility or subtitle features of you the second game <laughs> rather than the game itself. Um, I do like the second game. I think it's got some pacing hangups. I'm really excited actually to see how they approach that. And I think they could do some really creative stuff with a, a re-invention uh, of what goes down in that i think that'll be quite neat i'm very excited for that as well cool alex what you got i'm, I'm just watching deadwood uh there you go. And, and it's still deadwood i yeah <laughs> um there's there's a whole subplot with uh ian mcshane's character that made me very very uncomfortable yeah i know what you mean uh, it's 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 medically related that's all i'll say <laughs> and it freaked me out yeah but man, they don't show re- anything but no. You they talk it. about it a lot, and <laughs> there's screaming involved. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, but... <laughs> there's, there's a lot of fun stuff of William Sanderson standing under a staircase <laughs> yeah. trying to talk to Molly Parker. It's great. Great show. Um, So I'm going to recommend a movie that uh, is from... Oh, gosh. Let me make sure I get the year right, because otherwise no one will take me seriously. 1843. 1843. It's a daguerreotype, and it's all about... <laughs> A bird landing on a tree. <laughs> Looks to be a What spruce. a wonderful addition to the Yellowstone universe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you think right. they'd ever make a make an animated Yellowstone spinoff that's about animals? Probably, and it's all Reba. It's just all Reba. <laughs> no Reba's to it's change just, the voices no. <laughs> between animals. It you it it you start to dissociate from reality after hearing a bear and a fox and a horse all horse, talk to each yeah. other and they yeah. all sound Gotta like get reba. The horse in there. and uh yeah it's just reba's all the way down no um <laughs> no <I'm reckoning. laughs> they got they got reba's monkey in there <laughs> <laughs> they briefly had rights prebus before they realized they had just gotten it gotten some uh, abbreviation wrong no uh, i'm recommending recommend a movie from 2008 called still walking this is a Japanese movie by my best friend Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, sure. It's the, I don't even know what number of his movies that I've seen this is, but it's great. And it's basically about all the, the like synopses and summaries I've, I've seen of the plot. I'll say like a family gathers together for a ritual whose meaning gradually becomes clear, which is true, but that almost makes it feel like it's more of a mystery or more of like a reveal. And it's not, <laughs> it's just a family getting together. The plot the information, I should say, is doled out very gradually because the movie is very, very smart in how it has the characters talk like people, where you don't have them sitting in the bus being like, time to go see my family. <laughs> my dad's the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been on to me. Like, they're very, you just sort of pick up what the relationships are like and what the history of the family is like throughout the movie just through what is, the way the characters are behaving and, and what they're saying, which is which is nice. Um it has all the, the hallmarks of Corey Da where you just get to watch like really 
delicious looking food being cooked in a neat little house in a really lush, like, I guess, small town Japan setting. Everything looks really beautiful. Um, the acting is super, super good. Hiroshi Abe, uh, who's been in at least one of his other movies, is kind of the male lead. He's great. Kieran Kiki, who is in most of his movies, is tremendous in it, as always. The actress Yu is very good in it. Um, he casts his kids really, really well. There's one laugh out loud moment with a kid that I, I quite enjoyed. But yeah, it's it's there's not a lot of like bells and whistles on it, but that's what I like about it. Like I don't think the camera really moves very much. It's a lot of like still frame. It might tilt a little bit, but it's not it's not like spinning around and everything. It's not uh, it's not Black Adam over here. But it is it's just a very nice quiet movie. It's very moving, but it's 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 also just very tender. Like he he his movies are edited with such like sweetness and kindness to what how you get to watch characters watch each other and listen to each other which is really special um i just love him so much and i really like this movie a lot i rented it but it's out there somewhere and you should watch it i would say i don't know what the ideal karate movie to start on is but this wouldn't be a bad one and it's called still walking which is kind of like the subtitle for last of us yeah i was gonna say does it end with a character uh, kind of yep. heading into the sunset and then they're like what are you doing and they're like i'm and then it cuts to the title <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, like, the last of us joel goes you know ellie i guess we truly are and then it cuts <laughs> i mean nothing will ever beat uh in terms of name drops, will ever beat The Walking Dead. Uh, oh yeah, with Rick saying they're messing with the wrong people instead of the comics accurate line. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more content about title name drop, things, I like the scene in Yellowstone where Kevin Costner is just like, <laughs> you know, guys. After all this time, I realize this truly is Yellowstone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. He he picks up a. Uh, you know, a piece of gold, and he's like, "What is this yellow stone?" There's that bit in the 1883 series where a lady's like, "What year is it even?" And, and Sam Elliott looks at the counter, and he's like, "1883." Not how he talks at all. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. That's that's, that's a good approximation of. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting we're getting farther. Um, I'm so sorry. If uh, you want more content like this, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. We are on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcast. Give us a five star. Give us a like. Where, wherever you are, just look. It's kind of slurred my words there. Just look. <laughs> just look, look for it. <laughs> look for the look for the podcast thing. Rate, get, get help, please. <laughs> we, we crave your attention. There's that scene in the third Batman movie where they're like, "What are you gonna do, Dark Knight?" And he says, "Rise," <laughs> and then he literally floats off the ground like in Dune. Well. I mean, the, the bit where he asks, what does the chanting mean? And they say, right. It's not that far off. I forgot that scene. <laughs> I forgot about Tyler, I, I was half expecting you to say in that, that rambling there, I was expecting you to just shout, witness me, and to just yeah. fall over. 
Well, you know, Furiosa, like this really has been a Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Vin Diesel gathers the crew in Fast 10 and says, Do you, I, I love you guys. I love my family. We are the Fast 10. <laughs> I hoped. And there's only like eight of them. <laughs> I hope he talks about his first time being intimate with a lady and he was like, yeah, but she didn't love me like I thought she would. She was a real fast ex. <laughs> what? Dominic, that's not appropriate. We're about to go do a Black Ops mission? I forget what those movies are about. Well, I, I, I think they forget what they're about. <laughs> it's okay. Louis Leterrier will, will, will save oh, that's that right. franchise. I've they been Alex. I don't over. want it anymore. They should cross over with the Jurassic World franchise. I've been Tyler. I mean, at this <laughs> point, let's just go ahead. Two ships in one ocean. I've been Britain, <laughs> and you are having a good night.